0: Hello, and welcome to the Talking Techniques Podcast, the show that brings you the latest from the frontiers of life science straight from the people exploring them. I'm your host, Biotechniques Digital Editor Tristan Free, and in this podcast, I'll explore the latest developments from across the life sciences, speaking to leaders in their field and people who can provide new perspectives on established topics while examining how we can advance in the most ethical and progressive ways. This is the first of a two part series on the role played by big data in the scientific effort against COVID-19. This pandemic has led to a global response from the scientific community that is perhaps unmatched in scale throughout the history of medicine. As a result of this response, huge amounts of data has been collected regarding the virus, from viral sequence and structural data to risk factor and transmission data. This vast quantity of data presents a series of challenges. What do you do with the information once it's collected and how do you make sure it's made as valuable as possible? How can the information be compiled and presented to avoid repeated efforts and to assist other researchers looking into similar areas? How can you best utilise the data once it's available and ensure that it makes an impact to both the lives of individuals and at a political level? In this episode, I will look to answer the first section of these questions, examining the difficulties of dealing with and compiling the available data, and the efforts in place to make this information available and practical for researchers. To do this, I'm speaking to Guy Cochran, Team Leader of Data Coordination and Archiving at the European Nucleotide Archive, who has been vital in establishing the European COVID-19 Data Platform. So, Guy, please can you tell us a bit about yourself and the European COVID-19 Data Platform?
1: Yeah, so I'm Guy Cochran from the EMBL European Bioinformatics Institute, uh, where I look after a team that runs uh, sequence databases, so nucleotide sequence databases. Um, and some months ago, at the the, the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis, um, we started to work on ideas about how we might uh, use the sequence databases and the other databases that we run from the from the institute um, to to form a, a useful foundation for, for scientific research in in the in the um, fight against the. in um, the uh, European Open Science Cloud, and Elixir, and a number of our existing partners from the Netherlands, from uh, Denmark, from Hungary, and so on, um, uh, to put together a platform. Um, And The the result uh, was the uh, the launch in April um, of the the, the first part of the platform, Uh, and then over time we've been iteratively improving, extending, and doing more The the SARS-CoV-2 data hubs Um, and these are tools that are provided to the people who are producing viral sequence data. Uh, The tools help them to validate, to analyze, share ultimately to publish the the, the data and to uh, uh, navigate their analyses and uh, and interpret um, and then share that with the rest of the world. Uh, So that's the, the, the data hubs. We then have a component that focuses on human data, so omics data sequencing and other data from human research subjects, uh, from the growing number of, of, of cohorts and study groups that are, that are, that, that are emerging for, um, for COVID-19, um, and that is a system that involves a federation of databases um, uh, that have controlled access for these data to respect the privacy of the, the human research subjects, um, and that's called the Federated European Genome Archive. And then the, the third component of the platform is the, uh, the portal, the European, um, uh, COVID-19 data portal, which is really the entry point into the system that most people will be familiar with. Uh, and that is a, um, a, a website that you can go into. You can search and navigate uh, an interconnected data set that spans the sequences I've mentioned, uh, but also the analysis on those sequences, the, um, uh, genome context, proteins, uh, structures. Uh, functional assessments of proteins, uh, complexes that may be the targets for drugs and and compounds um, that that may become those drugs, and then the literature. Um, And in in various areas of this this joined-up data set, we've seen very, very rapid growth. One of the first priorities was to uh, mobilize data, um, particularly raw sequence data. We've seen very rapid growth there. And we now have um, very large numbers, approaching 100,000 scientific publications.
0: And so when you started out setting up this portal, what were some of the, um, the challenges that you encountered and how did you overcome them?
1: databases, tabloid databases, literature databases, and so on. Um, so these are already in place. And then we have, of course, the people working in the Institute that run those. And then we have the many collaborators that help to uh, provide data, to provide tools, and to produce the, the, the added value resources that these, um, that these offer. Uh, so we had all of that as a starting point, as our foundation, but of course, with um, with with the crisis with COVID-19, we needed to do things uh, very quickly, and we needed to integrate Things and, and present them in a, um, in, in a in a in a in a disease relevant context. Um, and so, over the last five years, we've been working on on the, the, a set of tools that collaborators at Erasmus Medical Center, um, at the Danish Technical University, and in a University in Budapest, um, and a number of other partners. Uh, we've been working to produce a, a package pathogen- We already have uh, some additional components coming from there as well, uh, but then we had to put them together really quickly. And, and this was this was an effort that involved many many people, and we're fortunate that we have people from around uh, the EBI who were able quickly to, to, to redeploy and, and, and come and be software engineers or 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 um, uh, uh, biologists working on the on the platform. Um, and it's been a real uh, collaborative effort amongst many people who volunteered their time uh, and who have moved uh, sideways in what they were doing. Um, and then the other thing, of course, has been that uh, people around the world uh, who are producing the data have needed a great deal of support in, in, in structuring and organising their data and feeding it into the system. Um, many of the, the, the labs that are uh, doing sequencing, for example, are um, very very busy as you can imagine, um, and, and they may be using sequencing for the first time, or it may only be a minor part of what they normally do. Um, and so we've we've we have a, a specific task force that's provided direct support to um, to, to lots of the, the scientists in the different labs who are producing sequence data to help them to, to plug things into the system. Um, so I think it, I think really it's managing these. Huge numbers of communications, particularly, of course, in a period where we're all locked away and we're all working remotely, uh, managing those communications and, and, and coordinating all of this effort to build a, build a system and to populate it
0: with data. And when you're collecting that data to then present to, to present on the portals and uh, in the hubs, what do you find is, is helpful for researchers to do to ensure that data is, is simple for you to incorporate into the portal um, and other researchers can use it?
1: So we have a, um, a set of data standards, uh, reporting standards uh, that are really critical here. Um, we, we're lucky in, in molecular biology and particularly in sequencing that actually there are a, a, a number of comparatively well-defined data formats and data structures that are used for sequencing data. Um, they already exist. They have broad community acceptance and many of the tools and the, the, the platforms that people use to analyze data and to process data are aware of these formats and work with these formats and, and follow these standards. Um, so. a checklist of of fields of metadata that needs to be provided as well. And then we have a In order to do the data integration, that really adds the value. After all, it's the it's the whole of the data set that, that, that's, that's useful. Um, uh, we really uh, there are some bits of information we really need, so um, so we, we structure those into these
0: checklists. And uh, when it comes to the human the human genome phenome archive, do you have figures for the sort of um, uh, the demographics of where that sequencing and omics data has come from? Um, and do you know what the the sort of relative spread across um, all of that data is from with regard to sort of different genders, races, and where that data has been collected uh, country-wise? Yeah, so um, we, this is an
1: area that, so on, the, on the viral data side, um, things have been more immediate. On the on the human data side, it takes longer to set up a, a, a cohort of, of, of um, research subjects um, and to organise the, the ethics around that um, and to start projects up. So there have been, I think now, two different calls or two different sets of calls from the European Commission to fund these kinds of study Um, and around the world there are many different studies that are emerging, but we don't in the platform yet have any data uh, from these studies. I guess there are two types. There are those people who are um, who are building new uh, groups of research subjects that um, that they will study, and they are they are recruiting those subjects from uh, from the clinic, I guess. Um, and and then there are those existing cohorts where we already have uh, background genetics data from um, from from each of the, the research subjects. Perhaps um, uh, that will be uh, repurposed or, or or used in the context of COVID as the as the infection um, impacts some of those research.
0: Okay, fantastic. And um, and do you have any uh, recommendations for how researchers can best use the portal to help with their work? Yeah, so those, those researchers that are are
1: involved actively in um, in studying uh, in using lab methods to study the virus or the infection process or the humans infected by the virus or who are perhaps working in, um, in in cell lines or, or in animal models. Uh, they, these groups are, are very strongly encouraged to engage with the data submission part of the system uh, and we can provide a lot of support in doing that. So if you go to the portal website, you can see the, the link to, to uh, submit data and, and, and you get the kind of data you have there, and there's a lot of support for that. So we encourage people to, to make sure that their data get into the system. Um, uh, then the, uh, for those who wish to consume data, uh, we encourage them to, uh, to explore the system. We have uh, a search interface. So all of the data, the molecular data are integrated, um, which means that you can, uh, in many cases, navigate from one type of record to another record and back again. Um, and so perhaps the search is the beginning of a process of finding something of interest, uh, but then you navigate around and build a, a cluster of related uh, data points, um, as it were. Uh, so we really encourage people to use the interface and, and in cases where they are um, unable to find the thing they're looking for, um, or uncertain as to how to find the thing they're looking for, then we really encourage people to, to contact us. The whole system is there to be used. Um, and, and, and actually that 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 raises the one of the key design features of the system. That is that it, it's, it's built on open data. Um, and, and in fact, without the, the notion that people providing data do so openly, with, with a view to those data being reused, um, the system would be far less Data, allowing data to be redistributed and, and re, uh, reworked and reused, uh, but also about complying with those standards and so making sure that things are well, uh, well described such that the user who is coming in to find a, a data set can find it because of the right search term is there and so on. Um, and so we are running, uh, as part of the Data Hub system, uh, different analytical routines over time, we're producing more derived data sets, so systematic variation calls, for example, systematic genome assemblies from the virus. Um, as these emerge, we will be very interested, we will be publishing through publishing through the system, and we'll be very interested to work with people to, to pick those up and, and and take them further and and, and do deeper science than, than we can do as part of the platform. The platform is really uh, the beginning of the scientific process. And we're there to support other people doing their science. And to do that best, we're very interested to hear how they're doing things and what kind of features, what kind of functions we, we need to change or to add.
0: And so finally, do you think that after COVID, portals and big data hubs um, such as this one are going to become slightly more common practice in um in scientific research, do you think that COVID is going to have a, a lasting impact on, on data and the way we use data in science? Um, and if so, what, what predictions do you have for those um, for what those impacts will be?
1: I think it will. Yeah, I think it, I think it will change the way. Um, so it's, it's quite likely, unfortunately, that there'll be another outbreak um, of a scale that requires um, uh, a platform to, to handle the data. Um, we will be uh, more ready. So, the system we're building is, is reusable in different cases. Um, and in fact, some of it is, is very disease specific and species specific, but, but actually, some of the handling for, 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 the, for the core molecular biology data types is pretty generalist can be applied again and again. Um, so, importantly, what we're doing is we're building a system on top of the, the, the long standing infrastructure that um, pre-existed and will continue to exist and any of the content and any of the tools we build will be plugged on top of that and the data will persist um, indefinitely um, and so what what I guess we would um, we would hope is that the the platform and the technical components of the platform we build and the, the the knowledge we've built up in terms of how we collaborate with people and how we do those very rapid and extensive Communications, for example, how we support people in using different parts of the system. Um, uh, but we will be in a in, in a in a place where we can redo this uh, uh, exercise uh, in future if it's required. Um, the portal itself will last for the platform and, and the portal and the different components will last for as
0: fantastic well um those are all my questions thank you very much for for joining me on the podcast guy not at all it's a pleasure and thank you to our listeners for tuning in if you've enjoyed the podcast you can find more in the podcast section of our website thank you for listening stay safe goodbye